Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. If you're anything like our school, you are looking for different types of fundraisers to get your community engaged. You may have done a walkathon or a runathon in the past or a donation-based fundraiser, but you're looking to spice it up and get some ideas of what else is out there. Well, I came across a really interesting concept called a kindness fundraiser. And so I had to look into it more and share with all of you so that you could throw this idea into your mix. We're, we're going to talk about what a kindness fundraiser is, as well as some ways to make pledge-based or donation-based fundraisers a success. We have a guest with us today, and welcome, Claire. Tell me a little bit about your background. Awesome, Deborah. Thank you so much for having us. So I was previously in government affairs in Washington. We moved, we knew we wanted to be back in Greenville to be home. This is where we're from. And an opportunity opened up here um, to work for this new fundraising startup called Race Craze. And after learning about who was involved in the company and their mission, it was kind of just this opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And we just have a wonderful team who is like really passionate about shaking up the fundraising industry. So my background is in government affairs. My background is in communication. That's what I went to school for. So it's kind of just been a really nice transition working for race race as there weren't a lot of government opportunities in Greenville, South Carolina. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of our listeners are familiar with pledge-based fundraisers. Can you tell us a little bit? I know race race doesn't fall exactly in there, but what is a pledge-based fundraiser? Yes. So a pledge-based fundraiser is one where the donor commits a certain amount of money for each action a student takes. So like running laps or reading books, there's a lot of different variations of it. But those are two examples. And yeah, intentionally, we are not pledge-based, but rather donation-based. So instead of like a transaction, donors donate a fixed amount to the student to support the school and our fundraiser. So regardless of donations, students pay their donor generosity forward by giving back to others. So it's not a pledge per act of kindness by any means. It's uh, we're going to pay it forward because people are helping our school. So we just rely on that fixed donation rather than coming back after the actions are taken to collect the rest of the donation. Got it. So it distinguished from an athon because the athon (laughs) typically has that action for donation relationship, whereas this is just a donation and distinguished from something like a membership drive or just a straight donation ask, there is a relationship with acts of kindness in the sense that it's not a pay for act, but there is the goal of spreading kindness and supporting the mission and goals of the school. Correct. Yes. And it's really just teaching the kids, you know, the power of gratitude and like paying it forward in their community. So the ripple effect is very, very strong there. (laughs) Yeah. It was one of the things that drew me to having this discussion in the PTA and PTO forums that I participate in, there was a question about these pledge-based fundraisers, which are most successful. And Race Craze was 
thrown into that category, although in a way that was, you know, asterisks here. <laughs> and I think it was thrown in there because there are some elements that make an athon and a donation based fundraiser a success. Like you have to do some of the same things in order to make them a success. So what are some of the keys to making this type of an event a success? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We have a lot of suggestions for that. So one of the first things we tell our clients is, you know, get faculty and admin buy-in early. So make sure they're on board for the fundraiser. It'll really just kind of change the trajectory if you have support from your admin and faculty. Two would be like clear, clearly define your causes and goals and communicate them. So parents are way more inclined to participate if they know what the money is going towards and how much is expected to be raised. So, you know, if you're just having a fundraiser to have a fundraiser, like that's hard, right? Like that's hard to, you know, get people excited about it. Um, but if there are some really clear goals that y'all are trying to meet, parents want to help and parents will participate in that. Um, promote your fundraiser through the appropriate channels. So we're talking, you know, social media, the Remind app, email, the school website, like whatever avenue your school uses to, you know, get in front of parents, use that. But don't forget your physical visuals throughout your hallways, Carline, that sort of thing either. Promotion is key. <laughs> and if possible, post a kickoff assembly to get your students pumped. You know, that gets them their buy-in as well. So they want to go home and tell their parents, hey, I really want to participate in this because this looks so fun. Keep momentum going by communicating daily, like share results throughout your fundraiser. We recommend in our particular fundraiser, you know, tracking for one donations raised, but also acts of kindness completed. So that's a really fun thing to, you know, set those goals and be communicating daily. Reward for participation, not just money raised. So this really helps keep things inclusive. You know, if a child just registers, like they get a reward or they get recognized, they don't have to bring in donations, so to speak. They can be just doing acts of kindness in the community. So that kind of just helps not separate, you know, students like from the haves and have nots. And then celebrate with a fun closing. Students love seeing their principals or teachers get out in front of the school and doing something super silly. So um, that's a really easy, low cost way to kind of celebrate your success. And, and it makes the kids feel good too. So that's my big little wrap up. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> yeah, no, no, these are great. These are great. I mean, I know that getting faculty and admin and teacher buy-in early then also trickles down to the kids and the kids absolutely do come home talking about <laughs> the event before and during. And so that communication, not only online so that the parents get it, but also physically in the school can really help. I can attest to that having yeah. participated in our dance-a-thon because of that recently. Yes. <laughs> My youngest daughter came home convincing us that we oh, had I'm to sure. do it. <laughs> yes. And it's really fun too. Like in our particular fundraiser, there's like a huge opportunity for, we want to keep as much work off the teachers as possible, but teachers do love, you know, picking causes that are close to their heart. And maybe, you know, the local children's hospital is one of those and they can have their kids, you know, during school or during their class, like, you know, make cards for them. A little simple, like easy way to work in kindness to your lesson plan. You, they don't have to by any means, we found that most teachers just get really excited about that too. So like you said, yes, it totally trickles down and yeah, easy to excite the students. Yeah, it's, it's a great suggestion. 
When you look at the the costs of these, uh, again, I'm going to kind of put pledge-based and donation-based in, in the same category for this because I think the same tips apply, but what are some of the costs of these types of fundraisers that PTA leaders can expect? Yeah, so typically um, for some pledge-based fundraisers, um, when we started, they were keeping probably like half of the cost um, of how much is raised. Um, there were also contracts and associated costs to save the dates. You know, some schools were putting down like $2,000 deposits and everything. And so we really wanted to shake that up and change that model. And so our founders are really passionate about getting rid of that. So with us, like schools can sign up for free. They run their fundraiser whenever it works best for them. And they're guaranteed to walk away with at least 90% of the fundraiser. Um, however, there are optional costs. Um, that are associated, like you said, with any type of fundraiser, pledge-based or donation-based. And that includes, you know, printed promotional materials, um, you know, your kickoff and closing events, and incentivizing students if you're using those physical prizes. However, most of our schools, and we've seen schools, a lot of schools do this, look for corporate sponsors to help alleviate those costs. Um, so, you know, our mission is to have the school or organization raising the funds walk away with as much as possible. Um, so corporate sponsors, we really push that hard, like start, you know, reaching out to those early. Um, and that way you can help alleviate those costs and you can make it really mutually beneficial for the sponsor as well by, you know, posting about them on social media, putting them on their P new PTA PTO page, or like if you do spirit wear, you can put their logo on there. Um, but those are just like fun ways. And most organizations within the community are happy to help support their local school. So, um, but yeah, those are, I feel like those are the costs. And I know with a typical Athon fundraiser, because we've looked into a number, keeping about half of the proceeds is pretty standard. If you're doing a full service, um, in other words, the organization is helping you a lot. If you're yeah. doing it on your own entirely, obviously that minimizes your costs. But if you're using right. an organization, I think keeping about half or a little more, 60%, is is pretty typical. So that you can see a bit of a, a difference there. We've talked right. about this kindness concept and I do want to hear more about kindness fundraisers generally in this category, because I think that it's a niche area that I've heard a little more about recently. Um, it's come up yes. on several of the Facebook groups. And so tell us more. What is a kindness fundraiser? Yes. So with our fundraiser, it's, it's all online. It's an all um, it's on an online platform. And on our online platform, um, we enable students to get set up with secure, like custom websites where they request donations via email, social media, text. Um, and during the fundraiser, students pay it for by completing acts of kindness for others. So um, yeah, it's like I said, it's not a transactional thing. Um, the students are encouraged to do acts of kindness in the community, whether they whether they collect individual donations or not, um, as a way of paying it forward further from their school being helped. Um, so it's been really awesome to see how, you know, the school takes this fundraiser and really use it, use it for community outreach too. So they plan family service nights or um, service weeks where they complete acts of kindness for local organizations in the community. Um, There's this really cool school in Washington state that challenged the police chief to a few acts of kindness. And then the police chief challenged the mayor. And so it became this like ripple effect, like I've mentioned before within the community. And it was just really cool to see, you know, the local news gets word of that. And it's just becomes this thing that kind of 
just expands further than the school, which is really, really neat to see. What a fun story with the mayor and the police chief. And I can (laughs) see how that would have ripple effect and the media would pick it up. What are some other favorite stories that you've heard from PTOs and PTAs using raised grades? Yeah, so there was this school that used us this past year for the first time. So COVID was crazy, you know, people were kind of like, do we do fundraising? Do we not do fundraising? But this school decided to do it. And it was such a heartwarming story. So they used race Grace for the first time. And the leader was actually just like moved to tears. And a lot of the parents were too, because for the first time ever in their like fundraising history with their school, the special needs kids were able to participate and like really embrace the fundraiser, not necessarily the donation point, but the kindness point of it. And that was just it's something that we had never heard like that. Like we knew the inclusivity part was there, but the fact that like special needs students could actually participate as well um, and be recognized for that was just kind of huge. And it changed the entire dynamic of their school year. And so, and kindness kept going. And that's like one of the things we hear a lot too. They're like, oh my gosh, like our school has just like lit up by this. And like, even after the fundraiser has ended, like the kindness still continues and kids get excited about it. And so yeah, that's just been a really neat thing that we've heard a lot. But that one in particular really stood out to us because we that was one we'd never heard before. Yeah, that's wonderful. We're actually doing an episode about how to make sure you're including all needs children on your campus as part oh of your gosh. PTA and PTO. So what a um, heartwarming story. And it ties in really nicely uh, to what we're, we're discussing shortly here. This is the type of fundraiser that is really different. And that's what drew me to reaching out and seeing if you wanted to share more information about it, because I think it's something different, which then captures the attention of the school community. I think you've given us some really great tips today for how to run a fundraiser like this. The the top one that I would mention, because I think it's really unique, is when you're thinking about a fundraiser like this, reward for participation versus the donation amount, because that really promotes participation as opposed to the dollar amounts coming in. We've talked a lot on the show about equity and diversity and inclusion. And I think for equitable and inclusive reasons, it's really great to reward for participation. So I love that tip. But the other tips that you brought up that were really powerful is getting that faculty and admin buy-in early, defining your causes and communicating them, communicating why you're fundraising, and then showing results against that, promoting it online and in physical presence on school campus, sharing where you are, how many acts of kindness have you completed, how many dollars have you raised, if that is the goal you decide to stick with, but sharing out where you are against that goal, and then a really fun opening and closing ceremony always helps to get people excited. So thank you so much for being with us here today, Claire. We really appreciate your thoughts and insights. Awesome. Thanks so much, Deborah. It was our pleasure. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the Multipurpose Room.